Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's good and welcome to Believe in Celtics. I'm Warren Shaw. He is the great Gary Washburn. We're your host and resources for everything Boston Celtics this season and all seasons. Gary, what's good, my G? How's everything going on? Everything's good. Everything's good. I hope you had a happy new year and brought it in the way you wanted. I'm sure you had some nice weather down in South Florida. Uh, actually, it was okay here. Just, you know, watched uh, whatever shows now, Dick Clark and watched uh, Dick Clark, you know, uh, Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, yeah, with Dick Clark. with uh, It's still Dick's name on it. He's he always going to have that title. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, just mellow and... Um, now that the uh, basketball season's kicking in, watch a little college football. I don't know what you thought of those games. If you caught those games, uh, the, semi, the semi, two semifinals, both pretty exciting games going on. Final play, yeah. uh, both of them. But yeah, uh, enjoying the season starting to now. Now we're starting to the attention shifting to the NBA. Yep. Um, and now you're starting to see we're approaching halfway. So teams are have their identities. There's some. You know, we were looking at the – we talk about – we'll go around the league, talk about teams, but a lot of disappointments, some some good, some bad, some MVP candidates. Everything's starting to emerge here, Warren. So I think that's the good part. We're, we're done with the early season. It's too early to tell. Uh, wait wait till – we're in January now, so we're kicking in. Absolutely, right? And so I think as you alluded to, those narratives, those conversations, while I think it was you I was speaking with maybe not too long ago, I think the MVP conversation had been kind of tampered. You know, I mean, usually in the NBA season, the second game of the season, oh, this guy's an MVP. And I think everyone's kind of learned, like, it's it's too early. But now as we're 30-plus games in, turn to January, as alluded to, the sports calendar starting to turn towards the NBA in a lot of ways that conversation is starting to ramp up as is all-star, which will be a, a good part of our conversation here as well, too, here on Believe in Celtics. But as always, before we kind of get into the rest of it, make sure we do our plugs. Make sure you follow me at Shaw Sports NBA. Make sure you follow Gary at G Washburn Globe. Uh, make sure you follow Gary, you know, uh, his, his writing over at, at the Boston Globe as well, too. Give our show a five-star rating on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Like, subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. Um, and make sure you follow and Believe at Believe Network and or Believe Sports. So, Gary, we're going to, you know, kind of tip things off here a little bit, too, and call our segment here. What's the deal? You know, Team Green got a lot of stuff kind of going on. Um, news of today, as we record, Joe Mazzullo was actually named Coach of the Month. I know, you know, you're, you're bestie. Uh, but, you know, the Celtics. <laughs> I already sent him congratulations and a, a, a nice a nice gift. No, did, <laughs> did he reply? <laughs> I will speak to him tomorrow. I you know, I, I will, you know, give them a hearty. I'm sure they get a plaque or something, yeah. Coach of the month or a certificate. Uh, but well earned, best best record in the NBA. Sure. Um, some impressive wins uh, in December. You know, they didn't go through the the skid that they went through the December four. Before you remember, they lost those two home games to Orlando and kind of struggled for a bit. But they responded after that Warriors loss. I know they lost their last game against Oklahoma City. Well, that was January, but I was impressed. Uh, good job uh, for the team and for Missoula in, in December. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, uh, seeing it, you know, not not much of a big surprise and Ty Lue out there over on the West Coast, you know, winning it for the Clippers side as the Clippers have turned things around as well, too. So, you know, some Celtics ties there, if you will, too, if you want to try that in. And speaking of Joe Mazzula, um, the guy who he replaced on the sidelines, you know, uh, Brad Stevens spoke today at a press conference. Any any tidbits you can talk about, you know, from that presser today that you saw um, as it's the first time we've heard from Mr. Stevens since the beginning of the season? Yeah, Warren, you know, nothing earth He didn't talk for like a reason with him, no announcements. I just think he gave us a state of the team. I think he really likes his team. And, you know, the thing is, Warren, they have limited resources for which people say, oh, well, go out there and get Kelly O'Lin and go out there and get some $18 million guy. Like, I think what fans have to understand, if you don't understand, I'm, I'm sure you've read the salary and, and a lot of our listeners and viewers are familiar with the cap. Sure. And such a situation being that second apron. They can't go out and get, you know, a $15 million player unless they give somebody up. And it would have to be, you know, a package or something like that with like a Peyton Pritchard. Like they're not obviously not giving up Derek White. They're not giving up Tatum Brown. (laughs) That's funny. You know, let's move on from that. Um, Or it had to be like a Horford and a Peyton Pritchard. Okay, so – You'd have to decide that you want to move two rotation pieces for a guy who's, let's say, making eighteen million. That's almost eighteen million. We're not talking about a, you know, we're talking, not talking about a dynamic player. We're talking about Zach Levine or something, right? Right. So the Celtics' resources are limited. They have a six point two million dollar trade exception from the Grant Williams deal with Dallas Mavericks. They can that they can use. But as Brad pointed out today, that's a difficult salary in today's NBA. Because even the lower paid players make more than that. Sure. And and what um, if people don't know, aren't familiar with a trade exception? That's like a gift certificate. That's like <laughs> a, a, a holder, like a like a like a money card. Like a it's six point two million, but you can't go over it. You can't blend it. You can't throw it in with three other players. Like that could get you a player, and then the team that gets it has a year to use it, and they can use it to acquire players. It's kind of passed on. So. The guys who are making $6.2 million and less, as Brad pointed out today, were either like rookies, guys on the rookie deals, or guys that are kind of a valuable player because that's a, that's a low salary in our league. Now, you know, 20 years ago, $5 million was a was a grip. Yeah. Uh, $6 million was a grip. Still a grip yeah. to me, Gary, but all right. <laughs> to us, I'd like $6.2 million. You can use that on me. I'll give you, I'll give you five, I'll give you five minutes a game. But um you have to, you have to figure out who is going to make that deal, what else you would have to include, and then with the Celtics being a luxury tax, a six million dollar player probably costs you twenty million dollars in luxury taxes. Yeah. They're almost in the neighborhood of the Warriors. I mean, they're in a they're they're in a they're in a deep neighborhood. That second apron limits you, and that they wanted to even things out. They don't have revenue sharing like baseball, so. The teams, you know, who spend and the teams who don't spend in smaller markets, they wanted to even things out a little bit. So they made it more limiting for player for teams who spend a lot of money. So if you're looking for the Celtics to, to acquire, as I said, oh, let's get, go out and get DeMar DeRozan. Go out and get Zach Levine. Like, no, no, no. Calm, calm down. Um, this is the team they're going to roll with. And Brad said that they need a wing. But he also added it could be a guy who's already on the roster. Okay. So that points to me to O'Shea Brissett. O'Shea Brissett um, is a guy 
Very slow start. I think he was one for his first 11 from the three in December. He took seven threes, but he hit five of them. Okay, so he's beginning. It's a small sample size, but he's beginning to break out of a slump. So I think that was a call out to O'Shea to say, okay, O'Shea, this is what we need. This is what we got you for. Step the game up. Yes, sir. And you can fill that role that we need as a wing, a 3 and D guy. If not, by February 8th, the Celtics might go out there and get somebody. And there'll be offers out there. There'll be players probably available once teams decide to blow it up. A player that they could look at, I think they should look at as Sadiq Bay for the Atlanta Hawks, depending on what Atlanta's going to do. Atlanta is one of those, they're in a they're in a real strange position where they're not, uh, I think they're 14 and 20, something like that. They just beat Oklahoma City. So they've, they've shown the ability to play well, but they're also a bad home team. They've, they've been one of the more disappointing teams in the league this year. I think we all saw in the playoffs and thought last year when they pushed the Celtics to six and thought, wow, when Atlanta gets everybody together, they're a pretty good club, not Eastern Conference Finals, but maybe a first-round, second-round team. They're not playing like that this year. So do the Hawks start compiling assets? Do they move into Jonte Murray? Do you know They've had injury. They just got Jalen Johnson back. DeAndre Hunter is now hurt. So look out for some of these guys. If, you, if you're a Celtic fan, you're like, okay, look at, at the guys, the salaries, $6.2 million and under, okay? Stop living in the park place. You got to. We got to get Pacific. We got to get Pacific, Pacific Avenue or or uh, you know Baltic. Yeah, we, we got to get Baltic. <laughs> Look at the low rent districts because that's the player. The Celtics are going to need to get a player who doesn't make a whole lot of money, and it might be on a value deal, expiring deal. A guy on a bad team who's like, listen, can you move me, please? Like, can I go somewhere and win a chip? Like. All this stuff will develop in the next four weeks, or as we know, like things that we never thought imagine would happen in January 8th. By February 8th, the trade deadline, they happen. We've seen some tremendous deals happen, shocking deals that just developed in a week or two, or even a day or two. So Stevens just basically told us, like, hey, that's what we're looking for, but our resources are limited. He really likes the job Joe is doing. He really likes, obviously, the additions, Porzingis, Drew Holiday. He's really high in Derek White. I think everybody's high in Derek White. So I think it was a very positive assessment of the game of the team after 33 games. And now January gets tough. You know, we all – we can look at the schedule down the road. Utah would not be easy. Utah so a very big team, two against Indiana. Then you come back and face the Timberwolves and the Bucks in a back-to-back. Um, so there's, there's a lot that, uh, the Celtics are going to have to accomplish this month. I know there's a road trip, Dallas, Houston, Miami, uh, later this month. So a lot of, uh, things going on, but I think Stevens was more positive, you know, any, any, and one more little nugget. Um, he said he liked all the non-guarantee guys. I think Lamar Stevens and, um, Luke Cornett are on non-guaranteed deals. And I think, Delano Ben's deal is partially guaranteed. So he said he likes all those guys. Now, will they create another roster spot and and part ways with one of those guys? I mean, you know, he could say he likes those guys, but they got until Wednesday to guarantee those two contracts. And also, what people well, do. Non guaranteed, right? Huh? Yeah. So they, 
they have an open roster spot. Now, could you use that open roster spot, Warren, on upgrading Nemius Kata's contract to a standard NBA deal? Because you've seen the team, I've seen the team. I would want him on my playoff roster. Remember, like two-way guys, it's a it's kind of a you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a half contract in a sense that we don't I mean it's a night two-way guys could get you get treated like a like a real NBA player. You get into games, you score, but you can't make the playoff roster and you can only make be active on the roster for 50 games. Active. Right. That means if you're if you're active and don't play, that counts. So the Celtics have to figure out what to do with Kata, how much they want to conserve his games. And I know he's running them up because he's active and he's playing. I think he's up to 20 games now almost. So they have to figure out, and if, if it's standard NBA deal, it doesn't matter. They can play him all the games and play in the playoffs. But I think he's somebody on the playoff roster, so they've got to contemplate whether to upgrade his contract to a standard NBA deal and use that last roster spot or say, you know what, hey, Lamar Stevens, um, it's been nice, but we need we need some flexibility. Uh, maybe sign him to a ten day if you know down the road, something like that. I think they like him, so they got some little bit of decisions to make. But the key to thing is is important because um, I I think that they're gonna want him on the playoff roster. You need that extra big, yeah, and, and I and I just think he's played. I think he's shown he's better than just kind of a a two way guy. I think he's shown that he can play some considerable minutes and play a decent role. Yeah, Gary, I think those are great points, you know, and I think it's interesting that Brad would even allude to the fact that it's a wing, whether that person be on the roster or not, because I think we all went into like, hey, what are they doing in the front court situation? You know, we we have our varying opinions on on Cornette as, and, and the overall value that he may provide, but Kita has kind of emerged here. Um, and then maybe as the viable person to kind of soak up some of those minutes, especially, you know, when you get into playoffs, you need a little another rotation. And even as injury insurance you know, or even rest insurance, not to say injury, but rest insurance for for, for Al and, and KP as well, too. The Bay thing has my mind kind of circling because I was alluded to and I was like, oh, yeah, he's still on. He's on the last year of his rookie deal. Atlanta did not extend or uh, did not um, extend him, you know, before no. the deadline here. So that's a very interesting situation. And I think as a guy who can absolutely fill it up that we talked about bench scoring being such a big need, I think that'd be an ideal candidate if they can make that work. But again, what does it cost, especially with the rock, locker room chemistry that they've built here, you know, up to this point already shuffling so many guys into the, into the, into the, into the mix. So that is something that they absolutely need to do the due diligence on. I think all very, very, very great, amazing points there, Gary. You touched on the, the overall schedule here, too. And, you know, let's just kind of breeze through that. You know, the OKC game uh, was a big game. A lot of people were watching that one. Um, they end up losing that, own, I guess, kind of almost come back after, you know, kind of getting shellacked there in the third quarter a little bit. Um, you know, really surprising part, part of that game in early in the third when SGA goes out and OKC actually extended the lead. You know, guys like Case and Wallace shooting threes and, you know, doing their thing. These are good, good NBA players. This is no disrespect to that OKC team. I think they might be one of the deepest teams in the league. And I and I don't say that, you know, sheepishly. I, I, I stand by that, even with the young talent that they have a little bit unproven. Um, but as you alluded to, um, Utah coming up next, two games against the, the suddenly uh, hot in terms of defensive-wise, Indiana Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton obviously bidding for, you know, a starting spot as an all-star as well, too. Milwaukee, Minnesota, like really, really big games coming up here. So your thoughts on the overall stretch? Um, we know Boston has more or less answered a lot of the, the challenges that have been faced before them, but not necessarily going game by game, but just kind of like taking this stretch of games, you know, for the most part outside of outside of Utah, 
but even there's some, you know, some bite there with Will Hardy, former, former mm-hmm. assistant coach, you know, kind of coming into there. Uh, what are you looking for for Boston here to just just overall competitiveness? Dang, even looking down the line, I forgot uh, <laughs> our, our guys coming back here. You know, Yudoka coming back to the Garden, um, you know, shortly exactly. after that, that Milwaukee game as well, too. So a lot, a lot of games tied even to from an emotional standpoint for Boston. You know, what are you looking for during this stretch? Yeah, you want to see them play good basketball, put together some good games. I, you know, the, the Oklahoma City game, I felt like they just – I don't know if they didn't read the scouting report and, or, or I just think they might have – not I'll say taken them lightly. I'm not going to say that. But maybe not been as familiar with some of those guys because it was just too many easy shots I felt like, Warren. I felt like – you know, I'm not talking about SGA. I think they knew SGA is a, a, a monster. He is, okay, uh, MVP candidate. But just too many easy shots from guys like Josh Giddy, got just getting into the paint. Okay, you'll give me the ten footer. I'll take the ten footer. Um, you know, Jalen Williams, both Jalen Williams, like you said, Casey Wallace, guys like Aaron Wiggins, like a lot. I think they had eleven or twelve guys that scored in that game, and it was obviously a game that was meaningful. So there was no garbage time here. We're, we're talking about the deep roster, and I think the Celtics kind of woke up. Eight minutes left and down 110.92, and then you know, had a chance. Uh, if Porzingis's foot doesn't cross the line, uh, it could be a, it might have been a different game. He might have had one shot to win it at the end, but I just thought defensively they weren't very good. I thought Jalen uh, wasn't as sharp 0 for 8 from three and just kind of kept taking threes. So I wasn't I, – I thought that was a flat performance, one of their flatter performances, and they still only lost by four. So, you know, I don't think you take a moral victory, but I think you say, listen, we took the best shot from the second-best team, one of the hotter teams in the league, and we lost by four, and our sec- number two guy went 0 for 8 from three, and Drew Holiday, I think, had seven points. I, don't, he, I think he was like a minus 15. I don't think he had much of an impact in that game either. Um, so you want to bounce back from that against Utah – and they want to bounce back from that against the Indiana Pacers in those two games. I think that'll be very interesting. Um, and they should be mad a little bit, mad, mad like what happened in Indiana during the play-in tournament. Sure. And Indiana celebrated like they had, you know, kind of won a playoff series. Um, and and are, what are you going to do now? Are you going to punch first? Are you going to? I, I want to see the Celtics restore some order here and not, you know, go three and three or, or you know, it'll be. Take 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 these teams, Utah. Get that dub, Indiana. You know it's it's hard to beat a team twice in these two game series, but take the first one and then take your chances in the second. Then you got Minnesota two nights later. You know Ant Man, and then you got the Bucks. So that's gonna the Bucks are gonna be ready for them, right? That's a TNT game, showdown. People are doubting the Bucks. The Bucks have not played well. Uh, not played good defense. I think we saw that. I don't know if you saw that one play where Halliburton kind of drove past uh, Lillard, and Lillard was kind of just – it was like an Olay defense. I think he was trying to talk to the ref and then just literally took his eye off Halliburton and drove right into the paint for layup. Um, so the Bucks are going to have something to prove. So the Celtics should be the team more with something to prove. Hey, we're the number one team in the league. We're going to prove it. We're going to whip, whip some butt here. Slot go, you know, slice through this, this stretch, and then obviously, uh, Ime Udoka comes back. It's gonna be a very emotional game. Sure. But the Celtics are a little bit different team, no Marcus, no Grant. You know, some of these guys that, that, that he coached, um, are gone, but still a very emotional game. And who knows how the fans are going to react? Uh, 
when he's introduced uh, with the starting lineups or, or how that goes. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, storylines there. But I just think the Celtics right now, take it to that next level. You've played a good 33 games, 26-7, best, best record in the league. Now take it to a next level. You know, go 5-1, and 6-1 and one or whatever in this stretch and show that you're the best team in the league. Yeah, I, I'm going to obviously double down here on, on what you're saying there, too. I think with the Pacers being as hot as they are, and they already played the Bucks five times in four and one. I just I don't understand what's happening with the schedule this year. <laughs> it's yeah. like some really weird situations going on. Uh, but then, yeah, Boston will now see them for a third and one. Well, no, that would be this will be a fourth and fifth time. Or is that, is that, is that right? They played twice. Third twice. Mm-hmm. twice. Yeah. So third and fourth. Right. The in-season tournament was the second time. Um so, yeah, a, a lot of games versus, versus a very, very hot team as well, too. And then, obviously, uh, trying to avenge the loss in Minnesota, that OT loss in the beginning part of the season where, you know, Anthony Edwards kind of deed up Tatum there. Um, but Timberwolves are slipping. But, again, I don't think that's a team that's going to obviously take Boston lightly. Uh, but you want to kind of, you know, get them back a little bit, too, and, and then prove that dominance. And as you alluded to, a back-to-back, God, that's tough. That's tough. Back-to-back Minnesota and Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that's Schedule makers did Boston no favors, but at the end of the day, if you're truly a championship level team, they will actually have to, you know, rise to the proverbial, proverbial occasion here. So that'll do it for uh, this segment here on on what's the deal with Boston. On the other side of this break, we'll actually flip around and kind of go around the association. We'll actually still have some Celtics related news here. Um, we'll re- we'll be right back here. I believe in Celtics. Are you ready to step up your style without compromising the planet? Introducing the exciting partnership between Blueview Footwear and the 19 Media Group Network. Just visit bit.ly backslash Blueview19 to start your sustainable style journey. Our friends over at Blueview Footwear are renowned for introducing the world's first fully biodegradable sneaker. By using plant-based plastics, they are leading a revolution in cleaner materials and manufacturing. They have sleek and contemporary styles that cater to a wide range of tastes. Blueview Footwear believes that fashion and sustainability can coexist harmoniously. Explore their incredible collection of eco-friendly footwear by visiting bit.ly backslash blueview19. If you let us know you made a purchase, we'll shout you out on our next show. Again, just visit bit.ly backslash blueview19 today and you'll see the ultimate collaboration of fashion, sustainability, and media excellence. And we're back here and on this week's edition of Around the Association on Believe in Celtics, Gary and I are going to do exactly that. Whip around the association with some things that have happened um, I'm going to go a little bit out of order here, G, because some news happened since the last time we recorded. Um, I believe I was actually talking to uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Gerald Brown, who hosts uh, a Sirius XM radio. Um, he said he had spoken with you over the weekend right when OG Ananobi or right as OG Ananobi was being moved. Right, like 30 minutes before the trade was announced. I was like, Toronto got to blow it up. And it took Gary. my advice and blew it up. Well, you know, you know what? <laughs> we we are kindred spirits. So I gotta share this story as you bring it up. I was recording my other podcast, the base on the NBA, well, you know, general NBA one. And ironically, my co I actually went on the uh, on a Raptors rampage, and my friend went on a Knicks rampage individually, talking about New Year's resolutions, what needed to happen, pick a direction, who are you gonna be? Literally, as we're finishing up recording, <laughs> that trade happens. So no we're so just like Nostradamus, we ended up changing the and, and uh, you know the the, the final uh, twenty minutes of that show to kind of like recap that trade. But interesting move because we all saw the writing on the wall, especially from Toronto standpoint. Um, they 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 they've lost a couple of players here without getting anything for it. OG is a guy who sees himself, and I don't know how you can feel about this analogy, but this I'm going to say it anyway, right? I viewed or what I heard was OG kind of saw himself as a guy who can take on a bigger role, right? Mm-hmm. I'd say he probably, I'm going to liken it to, 
he thought he could maybe be Mikel Bridges in Brooklyn, right? He's like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. a, still a defensive guy, but I can, you know, lead an offense to some degree, so to speak. He goes to New York where that's clearly not going to be the case. But people have said that he was willing to to take a lesser role if it was New York for whatever reason. Your quick thoughts, you know, on the deal, who wins, who loses. R.J. Barrett, you know, Canada native, you know, gets to go back there quickly, I think, is an underrated piece of this deal for, from the Toronto standpoint. A lot of a lot of teams would have been interested in him. Um, but overall, is this a win-win for both teams, you think? Yeah, people are saying that. I'm not particularly sure how – like, I like Adenobi. Okay, like, I saw Toronto – uh, night before the trade, and they played. I mean, the, the Celtics didn't have Tatum, um, and I think they, they didn't have Horford, and they felt, and the Raptors fell behind forty to twenty. Like they played like dogs, and I just feel like that is a too talented of a team. And I don't know what you think of Toronto. Or I mean, I've seen Toronto from obviously the DeRozan and Lowry days, then to the bubble. To now, you know, where they had, you know, they're the championship team and the bubble, and and but they still have talent. And so you, you look at a team with Siakam, Gary Tritt Jr., solid ball player, Dennis Schroeder, um, Ananobi, um, Scotty Barnes. Like I'm I'm saying to myself, how are you falling behind 40 to 20? To the Celtics on a back, they're on a back-to-back. Back Remember, back. They, they had yeah. just beaten the Pistons in overtime. They're tired, no Tatum, and they are just balling up the Raptors. I, I thought to the this team needs to be broken up because something ain't right. The chemistry ain't there. They they played like like I just can't say it. anything. They played like some dogs, and then they came back. And I'm not and not, not dogs in a good way. I'm about hey, like, not, not Pat Bev dogs. No, 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 not 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 the dog you want in your team kind <laughs> of dog. You, they played like some chumps, and they came back to take the lead in the fourth quarter and then lose by two. And I'm just saying, like this team just don't have it. It's just something's got to change. And I just think Ananobi's their more tradable piece. You could say Siakam. I don't know what they're going to do, but Toronto's got to start making some calls here. So I think bringing Barrett back to Canada, he'll he's a, he'll be the most popular Raptor. He'll be a man amongst the community. And then Quigley, like you said, like I've seen Quigley kill the Celtics. Like that dude should put his Celtic tape all on for his free agency case because that dude, I've seen him score 24 points in 25 minutes. I thought that was a good deal for the Raptors, just to get, just for the change of it. And I like Ananobi, but it may be, well, maybe not New York. Like I thought when he was in the bubble and he, he, I thought he was an emerging star and it's never gotten to that point where like that dude's dropping 30, 35. It's Siakam and he's a good defender. He's physical. He's a physical specimen. He's a beast. Like you look at that Toronto team, and they're a bunch of tough. If you see Scotty Barnes, like Scotty Barnes is a big dude. So like when you look at Toronto, you're like, man, we we're gonna get yes, we're gonna get bruised and battered here. And then you put Pearl in the middle, and that dude's just a lumber. He's a bruiser. So I never understood why they couldn't win. And I'm not talking about be best record in the league, but you know they were like 12 and 19. I thought like that's a that's a 19 and 12, 18 and 13 team, right? Like that's a that's a team that should win more than half its games. So I think that um Toronto just needed a change. And I think Quigley and and and, and Barrett are, are good options. 
I don't know what to make of like, you know, people who Precious Achua, like we've been waiting for Precious Achua, who another guy on that team who underachieved, like, like, yeah. like we've been waiting for him. Remember he was in Miami and it was working out. Then he got thrown into the Lowry deal and it was supposed to work. Like we're waiting for him. Malachi Finn. I mean, about sorry, Malachi Malachi. Malachi Finn, Flynn, solid, 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 you know, backup guy. I don't think he'll make much of a splash, but I think both teams had to do something. Like Barrett, like remember, remember Warren. I mean, when when it was when Barrett was in Duke, he was supposed to be arguably the number one player in the country. Yeah, people were like, "Well, it's him or Zion." Like we we and ain't nobody say about ain't nobody say about Ja. Ain't nobody talk about Ja yet. Right. We didn't see Ja go act out act out in a good way um, until the NCAA tournament where he took what they went to the second round, Sweet Sixteen or something like that, right? Um, so it was Barrett was considered by some publications the number one player in that class. Of, I think class of uh, seventeen or eighteen. I think class of, yeah, class of seventeen, um, high school class of seventeen. So you're looking at like every we haven't seen it. We've seen flashes, but we've also seen a guy struggle to shoot free throws. Like I struggle to stay struggle. Um, you know, struggle to hit threes. He's been inconsistent, so I I, I want to see Barrett emerge behind Siakam as that number two or three guy because Barnes is the guy. Okay, yeah, for sure, <laughs> we all know that. And then Siakam has still got mad game. Like I still like his game. And then Barrett, it's an opportunity for you to call. And then Quigley, I think that's a good deal for them. You know, Quigley, do you do you do you hand the keys to Quigley and go? You're going to be our starting point guard because we can go back and we'll, we'll we'll talk about this in a minute. The whole Gordon Hayward and when we talk about the 19 team, right? And we'll, we'll I'll ask the fans a question about that roster and what if on that roster with another player who was looking for more minutes, didn't get it in the team, didn't get it with the Celtics, but now got it with his new team and is now emerged as a pretty good player with his new team. I couldn't think, be talking about my guy, my young son Terry Rozier. Could you? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Bingo, right? And I think Quigley was in a similar situation where he was like, "Okay, it's 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 uh, Brunson's team. I'm gonna be coming off the bench, but do you hand him the keys now? And go, okay, Emmanuel, you're this point guard. You're you're our point guard. Handle things. Get get this team together. So I like the possibilities." For Toronto, probably more than a little bit more than New York, but I think we'll see what Ananobi can do. But with Randall and Brunson, yeah, like he's the number three guy automatically. Then you got DiVincenzo, Josh Hart. You know, is are you? I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know. Yeah. What the Knicks are, I don't know what the Knicks are trying to do, Warren. Like they just can't make enough moves to be a formidable contender. You like that? Like we all like everybody likes Brunson. That dude's a dog. Randall has played a lot better in the last month or so, right? Yeah. But they still are a team that you don't take seriously. And I don't know what they can do. They they got five million draft picks. They get I think they got one fewer than Oklahoma City, one fewer first round pick. You got to do something. Is Ananobi that guy? I don't know. Yeah, my 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 guess here is that New York rides this out for for this year, 
right? And see and see how it plays out and whether or not they want to commit long-term money to Ananobi because one of the essential parts of the deal, at least from, from my standpoint, it is it is financially based. So whether you felt like RJ Barrett was underachieving or not, and he probably was, either way, you would re-sign him to a long-term deal. All right. So you get all that, you know, all that money off your books, and then you get to decide or whether or not is, is Ananobi the guy or is he not? And then do you also make another move, whether or not, you know, either way, you get that money off your books. It, it hurts to lose quickly for sure. But now you're kind of setting the stage at least to say, all right, what is this team? You, you know, and we know all the stuff. I don't know, be, you know, a big wing can guard, you know, your Tatum's, your Browns, your maybe your Giannis is at least at least in terms of in theory, right? Putting a bigger body in front of those guys. So I think for the Knicks trying to be serious about where they're going to be this year, that's what it is. But I think it is in essence a one-year rental for New York to kind of determine their path moving forward. And if this team cannot make truly make hay and get a deep run, then you're looking at some changes probably in a larger proportion with some of those draft picks and maybe even a Randall or whatever the case would be. Mm -hmm. Brunson clearly seems to be clearly be the guy there, but you know, we'll see what ends up happening with New York. You touched on it here now, so we gotta we obviously gotta bring it up. Um, as I was perusing, you know, and just kind of doing my NBA thug, thug fizzle, if you will, come across Gordon Hayward appearing on the on the uh, podcast P podcast. Um, so Paul George and Gordon Hayward, you know, label mates, if you will, from the draft class. Um, I think they were saying the last two guys in that draft class still, you know, actually doing it at an acceptable level. Hayward hurt a little bit here now, but an interesting point about midway through, Gordon reflects on his time in Boston, and. Something that you even already kind of alluded to is something that I was like, you know what? I saw Jason Tatum say, I think on JJ Reddick's podcast at one point too, it's like Terry Rozier was a guy like, damn, we should let him cook a little bit more. But Hayward specifically said that they were, they were clashing. They were butting heads in a way that while they would have the kumbaya moments, so to speak, like, Hey, Hey, you gotta, you gotta accept this role. And I gotta accept this role. Everyone was like, yeah, yeah, but not me. <laughs> that, like it was out one year in one year, not the other kind of in that moment, you said all the right things, but it wasn't really happening. There was multiple team meetings. I'm sure you're around those teams and kind of understood that. And Hayward indicated, sure. That initial injury, you know, that first night against Cleveland, that kind of was rough for him to come back. We can talk about you know, did Brad show him favoritism, trying to implement him back into the roster, all that stuff, whatever. But either way, the mix of Kyrie, Tatum and Brown trying to get their own kind of their own legging in, in the league going off with Gordon trying to come back. It didn't work out. And I wouldn't say he lamented the time, but he mentions the fact that especially with Terry there as well, too, that there was just too many chefs in, in, in that kitchen. Your thoughts reflecting back on that time, those rosters, that team and why they weren't able to achieve the ultimate success. <laughs> yeah, Warren, that was a crazy year. I mean, they had all the talent in the world and didn't know what to do with it. And I just think that people will want to put it on Kyrie, and it's not all Kyrie's fault, although he deserves some blame. I think it was collective management. I think if you look at the roster, you had, you know, Jason and Jalen, who and I think the worst thing that probably could have happened, Warren, was the 18 season where Jason and Jalen basically barely with facial hair, Jalen with a flat top, Jason with no beard and a and a and a and a low fade. I mean, if you look at him, you look at Jason when he was, you know, in his rookie year, you kind of laugh at how much he's he's looks different. Um, they led the Celtics to the Eastern Conference Finals. And probably, if not for that seven for 36 night, game seven, you know, should have won. I mean, they they blew a 3-2 lead. 
they were one game from the finals yeah. with no Kyrie and uh and you know kind of a half Gordon, right? Because Gordon was coming back from the broken leg. So um was that 17? Or was it Gordon hurt? Gordon, I think Gordon was out too. Uh, the first year. Yeah, first 17. Year. Okay, yeah. 17. So Gordon was out. That was the year he had the broken leg. Okay. So because I'm I, I get mixed up on when Gordon signed 16 or 17. I know Al signed in 16, Gordon signed in 17. So um you had Jason and Jalen feeling like they were leaders. They were potential leaders in this team. You had Kyrie coming back. And remember, Warren, Kyrie made that promise to the fans, I'll come back if you have me. Then a few months later, he's talking to KD about, man, KD. Two max contracts. <laughs> what they going to do, Bo? We can go to Brooklyn and kick it. We can get like, like what the hell happened? So there was something that changed in Kyrie between October – the season ticket holders scrimmage where they were loud. He announced he didn't. He, he that shocked the hell out the organization. They did not ask him to do that. He did it on his own. To February, where he's talking about he plotting his next move. He, he's thinking of a, he, he's rock him. He's thinking of a master plan. Okay, so that played into it. Kyrie's what the hell is he going to do? Um, Marcus Morris is playing. For a deal, Marcus finally got his four and sixty-four from, from I think the Knicks, and it went to the I mean, we got traded for the Clippers. But Marcus Morris is on that team. He's playing for his money. He he Marcus wants one more. He sees I, I need to get one more check, one more lucrative deal. Okay, and he got it. So he's playing for that. Rozier is like, listen, I was the point guard on this team when your boy Kyrie was hurt. Y'all ain't gonna give me a shot. I now he had a bad game seven in 2018, but he was formidable. Remember, he 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 chumped um Eric Bledsoe in that playoff series against Milwaukee. Like he was rising. Kyrie comes back and he's got to go back down. But Rozier's like, what's up? Right. Um, I'm a baller too. I can I can run this team probably better than Kyrie because Kyrie ain't all the way there. And then you have Gordon trying to prove he can still play at a high star level after missing the full season. Al Horford figuring, okay, am I a center or forward? And I'm probably gonna need to go somewhere else because I don't want to play center. So there was, I mean, Warren, there was so many agendas on that team. And it wasn't that guys were were like selfish. But they all had stuff going on. That is that is the perfect word, Gary. That's the exact word Gordon utilized on on the podcast. Yeah. There's competing agendas. It wasn't selfish. I didn't see there weren't jerks in that team. But it was just like, you know, people. Oh, it was Kyrie's fault. Kyrie, like you can say that, but it wasn't all his fault. Now I don't know what happened that turned him from Boston to Brooklyn, because remember he he started pushing the theme. I'm coming home and. I'm a I'm a kid who grew up in in Jersey, and I was a Nets fan. And this is me in a, in a Jason Kidd jersey in 2003 when I was you know 11 years old. And oh my God, and it's going to be amazing to play in front of friends and family. We saw how that worked out in Brooklyn. It did okay. It was a disaster. But then that's what he, I finally get a chance to choose my team. Gordon is trying to prove that he can play. 
And then people are like, why is Brad giving him minutes over Jalen? Jalen feels some kind of way. Jalen also doesn't get along with Kyrie. That's another element of this. Jason looks at how Kyrie treats. Remember, when Jason came to the league, it was the Duke tie, and they had the same agent. Oh, true. Okay, Jeff Wetchler, who is still Jason's agent, no longer Kyrie's agent. But when Kyrie started calling out the young guys in the media, Jason, Jason quietly, in his own way, took a couple of steps back. It was just like, that's not my guy. Okay, don't look at me, Jalen. Don't look at me, Terry. When when that dude start, that's not me. I'm not doing that. Like he's talking about me too. So Jason quietly took a step back from Kyrie and the whole like Duke thing, and you're my mentor and all that. That was supposed to be how it went down. It didn't. Jason quietly, in a stealth way, was like, you know, like everybody take a step forward. Jason took a step back. He did the Homer Simpson meme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel you. Jason was like, nah, because Kyrie started airing out his issues with his teammates to us. And it was great for us, but you could tell them dudes was like, homeboy, you, as much chaos you cause around here, you talking about us? So it was just a lot. It was, just, <laughs> it was when you acquire a lot of players and the Celtics decided they wanted to deal, wheel and deal. They wanted to be they wanted to be the Heat. They wanted to be the Lakers. They wanted to bring all these new guys in. They brought in Al, who was a consummate professional, but didn't want to play center. Then they brought in Gordon, who broke his leg. Then they drafted Terry. Terry's a kid, tough kid from Youngstown, Ohio. Terry got a, Terry's a dog in a good way. Yeah. And we see what he's doing in Charlotte. So I ask you, Warren, you can tell me what you think, and the viewers, and send the emails, whatever. Should the Celtics had given Terry the keys in the 1920 season and not signed Kimba. It would have been cheaper, <laughs> right? Should they? Because there was a split on Terry. What is he? Is he a point? Is he a shooting guard? Now he's become a shooting guard in Charlotte because LaMelo's there. But now he's running point because LaMelo's hurt. And Terry's turned into a 20-plus point-per-game score, a good shooter, but he's playing on a terrible team, so no one notices. But should the Celtics have given a fresh, uh, what, Terry might have been 24? Yeah, 23, 24, yep. Gero, as opposed to an aging Kimba, whose knee ended up being the detriment of him and kind of ruined his stint in Boston. That's an interesting question that we'll never know, but it's interesting to, to, to ask because that whole dynamic with Terry, and Terry didn't dislike nobody. He respected Kyrie. But Terry was like, hold up, hold up. I got all-star talent too. And y'all sleeping on me. And it was me on the floor in game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. That run, I don't say it was the worst thing, but it really changed the, the face of the course of the yeah, franchise. Yeah. If yeah, they lose in the first round, nobody's talking about this. But they didn't. They won two playoff rounds. And they were up 3-2. And blue six and seven. And seven, you know, it's frustrating. I remember going to the finals that year, covering it just as a reporter, and it was another Cleveland Golden State. And I think everybody was tired of Cleveland Golden yep. State. Everybody. Everybody, everybody <laughs> was just like, you know, come on now. Like, this ain't going to work. Everybody, was, everybody couldn't wait for Boston because they would just want to see a new team. And everybody was looking at me, Gary, what happened? How, 
we're waiting for the Celtics. Celtics were supposed to be here. It just it fizzled in game seven. So that run, though, changed everything. And it affected the 18-19 team. And it just, Gordon got the hell out of there. Al signed with Philadelphia. Kyrie went to Brooklyn. Um, the Celtics did the sign and trade with Charlotte to get Terry out of there. Marcus went to the Knicks. Marcus Morris went to the Knicks. So it it changed everything. If and that Milwaukee series, Kyrie had checked out. You know, he was oh, I got caught. I mean, there was fast breaks where he I got I got Giannis. What? Yeah, he was he was he was wilding. He, yeah, he, he was definitely I got wilding. Giannis, and he just you could tell he couldn't wait for the season to end. And a lot of guys probably were just like, you know what? Gordon got the max from Charlotte. No one expected that. Al got that four-year, hundred million dollar deal from Philadelphia to be the four in you know to Embiid, and then they found out he couldn't play with Embiid, <laughs> so it didn't really work out. I mean, now Terry got paid, Terry got paid, but Terry Charlotte's done nothing since he's been there because of that terrible team, terrible, terribly run franchise. But it's one of those thirty for thirties, man. That I'm sure. <laughs> Man. Hopefully, hopefully I'll get an interview on that thing if they talk about it because uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was it was it was amazing to witness that team with all the talent they had, young Jason and Jalen, and we talk about guys like Marcus Morris in his prime. Marcus has lost a fat, lost a little bit now, but Marcus was a very effective player for the Celtics. I didn't, I thought, I thought it was a mistake to let him go, but yeah. he wanted to get, he wanted, he got his sixteen million, he got his. You know, hey, I'm not gonna get no max, but but hell, I'm gonna try to get 60, 70 million out this joint before I get up out of here. He got it. Al got a hundred. Gordon got 120. Um, and Kyrie, I just I think they I think they were ecstatic that Kyrie left because it it took a toll mentally on the franchise. Yeah, Gary. I mean, I think you've given us a such such great knowledge here in history. You know of of that season. You know, and it was really interesting to hear Gordon kind of waxing poetically and trying to even hold himself back, you know, in that in terms of trying not to say too much because maybe not wanting to throw some people under the bus. But he even says, like, I got stories. We had so many meetings and, you know, Brad's forever my guy. But, yeah, it just it yeah. just didn't work out. But there is a lot to be there. So I think you've given us an idea for um Definitely when the times are slower in the NBA, we'll do a what if. We'll do a what if, you know, kind of like the Disney style, you know, of Celtics teams and players and decisions and things of that nature, man. Really great stuff. Before we wrap up here on this week and believe in Celtics, let's talk one more topic around the association. Ending on what would be a high note, I think, for some some Celtics fans out there, hearing that the, the purple and gold might be in a little bit of disarray. Uh, Darvin Ham, Shams reports that, you know, he might be losing the locker room. What can you what can you say to that? You know, in that aspect, obviously the Lakers have struggled since the in-season tournament win, hanging the banner for that, et cetera, et cetera. Multiple different starting lineups. Boston has obviously played the Lakers on on Christmas, got away with, got away with the W there. Uh, but just your thoughts on what might be happening here with Darvin Ham, uh, who by most people's account is a player's coach. You see him on the sideline; he's dapping people up. You know, he seems to almost still be one of the guys. But what's happening there in that locker room that that you can hear even from your lens? You know, covering the NBA. You know what? I, I just don't think that they just have a talent. Like, I just think, and I'm not talking about LeBron, and I'm not talking about AD. Okay, let's let's put the – they got two top 75 players and by at the least the second greatest player of all time who is 
done any everything at age 39 that no other NBA player has ever done at his age. And you could probably only compare him, and we talked about this before, only compare him to a guy like a like a like a Tom Brady in terms of his dominance at that age, his significance on his team, his importance to his team. Tom Brady is probably, you know, we could probably go through a baseball pitcher or you know, you can go through hockey. I don't know about hockey history like that. There's probably been a 39-year-old to, to be good, you know, but I can't think of anybody besides Brady and LeBron. But I think the problem is the rest of the guys. Like you got D'Angelo Russell, who's flaky, as we all know. He's been flaky throughout his career. Um, Gabe Vinson has not played, barely played for them. He remember he he took helped take the heat to the finals, was a fantastic player. I've seen him burn the Celtics on many of occasions. He can't get on the floor. Rui Hachimura was, as we know, a lottery pick in Washington, was supposed to be a cornerstone, and then has turned into kind of like a role player. But, Gary, and, but as, as you mentioned, these guys, why is it why is it being laid at the seat of, of Darvin Ham? Because of rotations. And the one thing I think he's making, he's make, he keeps blaming injuries. Every mm-hmm. team is hurt. Sure. Every team's got the problem with injuries. He keeps, well, we're not, until we're healthy, and I think, as, as I've watched other people say, Miami Miami always hurt. You know, they rest, by, they rest guys for hangnails. And they went into the Staples Center, Crypto.com, and whooped this, the Lakers without Jimmy Butler. And with, you know, guys, you know, with Duncan Robinson dropping buckets. And, and got, like, they have a program, a system. And the Lakers don't have a system. They have a bunch of guys. And I don't know what they can do because AD has been healthy mostly, and so is LeBron. And you 17 and 18, and no one else has stepped up as a number three guy. Jared Vanderbilt's not a shooter. Torian Prince is inconsistent. Um, and they brought all these guys in to give them a supporting cast. They're decent defensively, but they can't score. And I just thought watching them in person on Christmas Day, they just didn't have that number three guy. You know, D'Angelo Russell was supposed to be him, and he's not him. And I don't know what they could do. Like, trade a couple of those guys and get another, get Zach Levine? Is that their answer? Like, let's blow this up. Let's let's move, you know, let's move some salaries. Let's get rid of, we just signed Achimura, but let's get him out of here. Because Achimura is, you know, like, they signed all these guys, and now they're not balling. Yeah. So in my opinion... I can't blame Darvin besides the excuses he keeps making about injuries. And and it's like your 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 role play you want I mean you want to say Gabe Vincent and Jared if we had Jared Vanderbilt we'd be 5 games better for really or 10 games better. It's tough like, stuff. <laughs> it is. It, it is because you also got Torian Prince, you also got Austin Reeves. You also you, you got some guys on that team. So something ain't working and the chemistry might, might not be there. And I, they had a great run to the play-in tournament, sorry, in-season tournament, and looked like one of the best teams in the league. They blew out New Orleans. They put away Indiana. They were celebrating, drinking champagne, and putting a banner up. But since then, what's wrong? And and they just and they look bad at home. Like you know, crypto's supposed to be the place you you win ball games, and they're not a good road team. And then to beat Oklahoma City the other day. Down the road, LeBron had to go for 40. 
And then that they lost that Minnesota game where his was was foot was across the line. Then they have a back to back with New Orleans, and they don't compete. They're just you know, the Lake, growing up a Laker fan, growing up in LA, like the Lakers didn't give up give you no know, games away like that. Magic and them, the Showtime Lakers, the even the Kobe Shaq, they didn't give away games like that. They didn't go into New Orleans and go, okay, whoop our ass because we're tired. <laughs> you got too many damn young guys in the team. It's not LeBron and AD. AD's 31, 32, 31. You don't have a bunch of old guys on the team. It's not like the Lakers from when they had Dwight and Carmelo and LeBron and Russ when they had like yeah. the when they had the class of 80, you know, the, 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 the draft class of 08 and 03, and when they had you know when they had the 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 two thousand guys out when they had the you know the eighties guys out there. No, this is a, supposed to be a young team because somebody got to step up. I thought people thought it would be might be Austin Reeves. He got his money. Hachimura got his money. D'Angelo got his money. And you know what happens with guys when they get their money? Some of them don't perform after that. They're not the hunger ain't there. And I just see some something chemistry rise isn't right and. As we saw, LeBron did not talk to the media after the Miami loss. He's trying to figure out whether he's going to um, Palenka or to Darwin and saying, listen, this who needs to go, this who needs to stay. Let me let me ask you this and this in this closing thought. Um, who's putting that out there? Right. So if, if Shams re- re- reports that, where do you speculate, if you will? And again, it is speculation. We, we're not trying to put it in anybody trouble. Where do you think that's coming from? Is that coming from, you know, another player, some to speak? Is it coming from the infamous LeBron camp, if you will? Where would Darvin Ham might be losing the locker room? Where would that even come from? It could come from an agent. It could come from um, someone in the Laker organization, so a, a coach on the staff who sees that it's going, you know, kind of crumbling. Someone who probably shouldn't, in all, all theory, right. talk like that. Um, but notices that things aren't going well there and there's some problems and i just think there's been problems before and i think that you know you hear darvin talk and it's some oh injuries injuries and it's like you the lakers man yeah you just talk, <laughs> we just talked we just talked about a team in 18 and went to the eastern conference finals without gordon hayward and kyrie irving i'm not talking about you're gonna win the title Without, but your your two best players aren't very or been remarkably healthy. So you're talking about Jerry Vanderbilt. You're talking about Gabe Vincent. Like we, you're talking about guys who are sixth and seventh men, guys who have been discarded by other teams. Um, because you know for whatever, Jared Vanderbilt's on his third or fourth team. So Gabe Vincent, the Heat kind of let him go. I'm not saying like you know they could have tried to resign him, but I I know they were after Dame, and that's you know I'm sure they wanted him back. But, you know, I think they're doing fine without him. So you got to figure this out because LeBron's window is closing. And now is it another five years? It could be another five years. But we know it's closing. And the LeBron that we see isn't as often as LeBron that we saw five, six years ago. Like he can't bring it every night like he does. In the Laker game, sorry, the Celtic game at Christmas, he was tired. They had just come off that game against Oklahoma City. He just didn't have it. I know he had that injury, collision with Jalen Brown, hurt his knee. He still stayed in the game, but he just couldn't finish. He just didn't have it. And no one besides AD stepped up, so they got they got smashed. 
Yeah. Well, well said G money. Um, Lakers are definitely in a little bit of arrears here, uh, but I'm sure that's much to the light of a lot of our, of our listeners here on the believe in Celtics podcast. Um, well, that'll do it for this week's edition. So much great stuff. We talked Joe Mozula. We talked Brad Stevens. We talked, uh, extensively about the OG Ananobi trade and did a little what if here, you know, on the 2019 Celtics, man. Uh, great, great conversations, Gary. Thank you so much as always. Uh, before we wrap, as always, make sure you follow Gary at G Washburn Globe. Read his articles over there at the Boston Globe. You can follow me at Shot Sports NBA. Make sure you are rating, reviewing, subscribing to everything here, believe, especially the Believe in Celtics podcast. G Money, we'll definitely catch you next week. My brother, thank you so much. It's been a good one, man. We're out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.